The quietness and stillness aroused my curiosity. All that could be heard were the cracks from fire and nature's sounds. Suddenly, I noticed all heads turned towards the hut and I turned too. The door of the hut opened slowly and gently, and to my amazement, a very old man whom I had no idea lived among us till now emerged from the hut, accompanied by two other men to aid his balance. As he steadily and carefully approached us barefooted, his vague image began to become vivid. He wore a turban made of cowries and a patterned fabric, a full body length white tunic, and a white shroud made of sheepskin. His accessories included arm and neck beads in various shades of brown. A well-decorated staff covered in cowries and designed with mysterious cosmic patterns and symbols, which gave him authority and support. He seemed very fragile, but appeared to be a walking library full of ancient wisdom and knowledge. As he took his seat, he gave a deep sigh of comfort and relaxation. He sat like a god. His eyes travelled across the crowd and aimed straight for my face. Establishing eye contact, he gave a fence smile and beckoned to Bami and I to come and sit in front of him. I was gripped with fear and anxiety as a million pessimistic thoughts run through my head. Ekareomomi. Well done, my children, he said. After uttering few words in form of prayers, he ordered the commencement of the feast. The peaceful environment once again regained life, and the whining and dining began with the sound of chewing of various kinds, some decent, others inappropriately loud and unbothered. As I allowed the mouth-watering dishes and delicacies to satisfy my hunger, engulf my mind and soul, the corner of my eyes could not refrain from scrutinizing the old man and his body movement. He noticed my observations and again gave a faint smile. After about an hour of dining, both men who had accompanied the old man out of the hut earlier picked up two weird-looking drums which seemed to have legs from behind a large tree and began to beat them rhythmically. They beat the drums so beautifully and powerfully that the resonance and melodies from the drum beats seemed to communicate with my soul. It seemed to call to my purpose and brought me messages and reasons for my impromptu trip. Your mother instructed to have the drums played and melodies played when she brought you here as a child, whispered Aunt Koye. My jaw dropped in shock and astonishment. Immediately, I realized that moment Aunt Koye talked about had been deeply embedded in my subconscious self, which explains reasons as to why I have an odd crave to be a percussionist and why my soul rises to an unexplainable dimension of bliss and ecstasy when I hear drum beats on the busy and buzzy streets of London. As the drumming died down, the crowd began to assemble their seats close to the old man. Bami gave me a nudge and told me, It is time for some ancient wisdom and soul food. With a smile and a jovial tone, I responded, Why do you have to be so puzzling with your speech codes? Just say it is a story time or something. Ah, such acts are expected from a goddess, an Oxford graduate, Bami replied. I was impressed by her confidence and modesty. She appeared to be self-conscious, knowledgeable and wise. Perhaps she would make a good wife to Lanre, a good friend of mine, was a doctor and also owned his own practice in the city.
Just then, the drumming began to fade out, signifying the next line of action. The old man slowly gulped down the remnants of the palm wine from his cowrie-covered calabash, cleared his throat and prepared himself for a speech. I leaned over to Bami and whispered in her ear, Who is this old man and where did he come from? She gave me a cold, reprimanding facial expression. A long hiss then replied, I will not call you a fool, but you are not wise. However, I do not blame you. His name, age, and background are unknown, but we call him Baba. Ah, I see. Finest guys are forever curious, you know. At least you spoke in plain English this time. Thank you. I responded with a smile. Baba laughed so hard it made me feel embarrassed and confused. I assume he overheard the dialogue between my cousin and I, and perhaps her response made him laugh in such manner. He cleared his throat once again and commented in a cheerful tone. It's alright, my children. Wisdom and knowledge are available to those who seek, but it is the duty of the seeker of both to abide by the discoveries of their quest. To whom much is given, much is expected. Therefore it began, a voyage into various dimensions of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, perception and depth. I clutched, wrapped a shroud around myself to induce warmth, buried my feet deep in the sand, clenched my right fist and placed it beneath my chin to act as support. I stared intensely at his face, seeking answers. I decided to get lost in a moment. He stamped his staff on the ground three times, looked up towards the sky and uttered some sort of prayer or incantation, saying, To the all-seeing one who knows all, to the magnificent seated in indecipherable magnitudes of honour and glory, to the one who set boundaries to the land and seas, to the one who feeds the tiniest of insects and beautifies the lilies in the fields, to the one who defeats the wise with their own foolishness. Olodumare, in humility I bow in worship, Iba. As you have commanded the wind to transport words to its recipients, and the cock to crow at dawn to announce the birth of a new day to farmers and market women. In such inexplainable medium, you proclaimed the message of liberty to a long-lost soul. I am nothing but dust. I am nothing but a vessel. Iba, Iba, Iba. As he spoke, I could not help but gaze at his lips in amazement, wondering where those short but enigmatic words emanated from. It would have taken years of training, self-discipline, mental and physical strength to master his art. A part of me wished I were him. Simultaneously, another part of me was pleased with my life as a banker. After his prayers, he paused for a second and began.